Hey there, this is AJ. I'm so glad you've joined us today on Faith for My Generation podcast. I want to remind you that our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word, and our mission is to create a resource of teachings that build strong faith in God. You know, that really is my prayer, that as you hear this message today, that the power of God's Word, anointed by the Holy Spirit, will stir up your most holy faith in Him so that you can be a light and a witness and a testimony of the living God in this earth. I pray that this message will richly bless you and increase you in spirit, soul, and in body. Now, let's get to the message. All right, I see a few. Miss Sarah's got, oh, Miss Sarah's got gold, lamp, fire, hammer, mirror. Let's say gold, lamp, water, fire, hammer, mirror. <laughs> nice, nice, Miss Sarah. She was the she was the first comment that I saw that had all six in it. There's Todd, fire, hammer, water, mirror, lamp, and gold. Nice, Dakers family. Whew. Y'all are some good listeners. Y'all are taking some notes. That's awesome. Let's let's think about that. The Word of God's like fire. Man, those are in order too, Todd. Nice. That was in order. Sweet. Miss Sarah was the first. I, I'll give it to you, Miss Sarah. I saw yours first, but Todd, you got it in order. First, fire. Fire cleanses and energizes us. The Word of God is like a hammer. It destroys what doesn't need to be in our life or things in this world knocks it down, and it builds up. Just like a hammer, you can use it to destroy, demolition, or build a house. <laughs> what do I win? I'm gonna have, you're going to win something, Miss Sarah. I'm going to make sure you get something. I'll make sure of that. There will be a prize. The Word of God is like water. It cleanses us. The Word of God is like a mirror. We can look into it for examination, restoration, and transformation. The Word of God is like a lamp that will guide your path, and the Word of God is like gold. It will purchase things for you. All right, let's begin. Let's, let's get it on. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. We've been turning there for the past three weeks. We're going to do it again tonight, and after tonight, we're going to do it two more times. I'm going to kind of miss this, huh? We'll have to do this in the new year. I know we've once... I've planned it out to where the last Thursday is the Thursday before Thanksgiving. And, of course, we get into Christmas and stuff. But we'll have to come up with something that we can study in January as well. How about that? Would you like that in January? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It is our central text, our main scripture that we've been basing our study on. Hebrews 4, 12. For the Word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God is alive. Let me, let me pull this up uh, in the Amplified Version. I want to read this to you. I saw this today when I was studying in the Amplified Version, and it's so descriptive. Hebrews 4, verse 12 in the Amplified. For the word of God, for the word that God speaks, is alive and full of power, making it active, 
operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life and the immortal spirit and of joints and marrow of the deepest part of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. How descriptive is that? How powerful is that? That the Word of God, it is the Word that God speaks to us. It is alive. It's full of power. It says it there. Full of power. It's active, operative, energizing, and effective. The Word of God is Himself. You know, uh, for the Gospel Tabernacle folk that are on right now, or maybe you, you watch the broadcast. I know Brother Al, he watches a lot of them as well. Pastor Leon's been teaching on Sunday mornings the authority and power of God's Word. And wow, last Sunday, if you if you missed last Sunday's message, you've got to go back and listen to it. It's on Facebook. It's on YouTube. Uh, <clears throat> it's on Gospel Tabernacle Church podcast channel, on Apple, Google, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, go listen to it. The authority and power of God's Word, I believe it was part four. Uh, so powerful because he made this point that the, it's the Word that God speaks to us. It is God speaking to us. That word that he speaks to us has a power to change us. It has an authority to dominate in this life. It goes forth and does as it's sent. And we're going to see that tonight. The word of God goes forth and accomplishes the very thing that God wants it to do in the earth. And we receive by faith what the promises of God are written out to us. We believe it and we receive those things by faith. And it's through the Word of God that we understand who He is. You know, that's the point Pastor Leon was making that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word is God. And they are one. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. And we call His name Jesus. The Word, He is His Word. He is His Word. You know, I had the opportunity this morning um, to minister a, a devotion at the Lawrence High School FCA group. And, uh, and I made that point. You know, th this is the basis by which we know God. It, this is the foundation and how we know who God is. The Holy Spirit moves on these words. You know, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Understand that. That's powerful. The, the Spirit of God inhabits you. I, I was reading that uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, where God says through the Apostle Paul, he said, I will dwell in them. I will dwell in them and I will be their God. That's When I read, I read that, I said, my goodness. I've read it before. You know, I'm just doing my daily Bible reading. But here it is. Boom, it just explodes in my heart. God's dwelling in me. The Spirit of God's living in me, and He will be my God. Now, He moves on His Word in me. He's living in me. What We're on Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, Lexus. I understand that. Those kids aren't going to stay put. Lord just had to go upstairs. Any other night, Naomi, we, we lay her down in her crib. We got her sleep trained. We lay her down in her crib, and she just goes off to sleep. But tonight, she decided she wanted another round of milk. And so Laura just had to run up the stairs right now because I'm right here, obviously. <laughs> so I understand when you got to get up with the kids. 
Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, our main scripture that we're jumping off of. The Word of God is the foundation, the basis, the, the point, the pivot point that God uses to operate in your life. He moves in your life by what He has said He'll do. We're going to see that tonight. In our, in our first, or in these two points tonight, point seven and point eight, we're going to see exactly that. That God moves in our life on the basis of His Word. If He's promised it, He's faithful to do it. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 He who has called you is faithful. He is faithful to do what He's promised. All right. And, and, and that's so powerful. That, that simple understanding of the Bible. It's not just a book. It is God speaking to me because it is himself. He is his word and his word is him. This reveals himself to me. And when I get this down on the inside of me, it builds my faith to believe, to receive, and to bear fruit according to his word. And that makes all the difference. Hey, Miss Beverly. See you jumping on. All right. Here we go. New trait. Are you ready for it? Are you ready? New trait. The seventh out of these 12 traits that we're going through. We've already covered six. Tonight we're going to cover trait seven and eight. And the first one we're going to look at tonight. The word of God is like seed. The Word of God, or maybe better written, the Word of God is like a seed. Write that in the comment section. Type that out in the comment section for me. The Word of God is like a seed. The Word of God is like a seed. S-E-E-D. Like a corn seed, an apple seed. The Word of God is like a seed. Type that, type that out in the comment section for me. The Word of God is like a seed. The Word of God is like a seed. That's it. I see you typing it out. The Word of God is like a seed. Why, when you finish typing that out, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. The Word of God is like a seed. Hey, Miss Mary Jo. Good to see you tonight. 1 Peter 1. <clears throat> the Word of God is like a seed. Hey, Joe. Good to see you, brother. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. The Word of God is like a seed. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Verse 23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, or that word corruptible means perishable. You know, think of like in the idea of a seed that can rot. If you have seeds stored up and it maybe gets a little bit of moisture to it, not enough to sprout, but it gets enough to mildew and rot. I've had that happen with bird seed. I don't know if, uh, hey Jan, glad to have you tonight. I don't know if bird seed 
it, I guess bird seeds probably could be planted and it become flowers, whatever. I, well, I know there's like wild bird seed that has corn in it. Obviously, you can plant corn. So I'm assuming all seed can be planted. That's the purpose of seed, right? But I had a, I have a bird feeder out here in the backyard. And it's if it gets wet, like if it's a bad rain, I have to go out there and just dump the seed because it will get all gunky at the bottom. So this word, this seed that we're born of, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, it's not a perishable seed, it's not a seed that could mildew or mold or rot, but incorruptible, 1 Peter 1.23, but incorruptible, it can't perish. The seed that we have been born again of is a seed that does not perish. It doesn't fade away, but incorruptible through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because, and he goes on to quote here, All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flowers falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. The word of God is like a seed in that it is something that is planted in your heart. You know, when we hear the word of God, the Bible tells us that's how faith comes. Romans ten seventeen tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And when we hear the word of God, it is like a seed being planted in our heart. It will produce, as the Bible says, after its own kind. The Bible tells us that every seed produces after its own kind. Hey, good evening, Miss Margaret. Glad to have you on tonight. The Bible tells us every seed will produce after its own kind. Now think about it. If you have an apple seed, what are you going to get? If you plant apple seeds what kind of plant will you get? You'll get an apple tree. That's right. If you plant seeds from kiwi, kiwis grow on trees? I love kiwis. I, I assume they grow on trees. A tropical fruit, of course. Maybe there, ha there must be kiwi trees. I don't guess it's a kiwi bush, is it? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Google probably knows. Someone tell me, is it a kiwi bush? Is it a kiwi tree? Do you know? Have you ever picked a kiwi? Uh, the main question is, do you peel the fuzz off before you eat it? I've done both, and I prefer it without the fuzz. But in times of distress, and you're really hungry, you can just bite into that sucker and eat it fuzz and all. <laughs> but when you plant a seed, it produces after its own kind. An apple seed produces an apple. Watermelon seeds produce watermelons. Corn seed produces corn. And the seed that is incorruptible and does not perish, the seed of the Word of God, will produce after its own kind. The seed, the Word of God planted in your heart, will produce what God has promised, what God has made a covenant by the blood of Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, that's in my heart. He who has called you is faithful. If he's told you, if God has said, I will do this, you know, think about it. James chapter 4, 7 and 8. Resist the devil, submit yourself unto God, and resist the devil. Draw nigh to him, and he'll draw nigh to you. So think about that. That's a seed. When I submit myself to God, I've, I've been given that seed in my heart. Okay, I'm going to submit myself to God. 
I'm drawing close to God. I'm going to resist the devil. And then Satan will flee from me. And as I draw close to God, he'll draw close to me. The seed is the revelation of that truth. It is the Word of God planted in my heart, and it's that truth reverberating in my heart, producing a close relationship with God. The seed is the Word. Submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you, draw close to God, and he'll draw nigh unto you. That's the seed, that understanding, that Word planted in my heart. When I plant it in my heart, and I act on it, and I begin to draw close to God, He's drawing close to me. I begin to resist the things of Satan, submit to God, and Satan flees. I just wish I could get the devil out of my life. Oh, nice. Thank you, Lexus. Lexus says, grows on, a bran on branches of a bush. Who would have known? Who would have known? <laughs> well, now we know. Thank you. When, when people talk about, I wish I could get the devil out of my life. Okay? Plant the seed. What is the seed? The Word says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and Satan will flee from you. Okay? That's how I'm going to get Satan out of my life. He doesn't have access to my life unless I give it to him. And I'm not going to give it to him because I'm resisting him. When deception comes along the way, I can see it because the Bible says, again, it's more seed that's been planted in my heart. John chapter 10, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd and my sheep know my voice and another voice they'll not follow. What is that? That seed planted in my heart. So I'm not walking astray to just any voice that talks to me. I'm not listening to any voice that speaks to me. I'm listening to the voice of my shepherd because that's a seed that's been planted in my heart and it's producing after its own kind. Uh, the seed of the Word of God concerning healing. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Well, the Bible says that... Well, hey, I'm, I'm already there. Let me just read that. Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. Here's a bonus. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Now think about that. I'm planting seeds of healing into my heart. I'm planting seeds, incorruptible, imperishable, unchanging seeds of the Word of God's truth. He was wounded so that I could be clean from sin. Hey, Miss Shirley Nance. He was bruised so that I could be cleansed from iniquity. He was chastised so that I could have peace with God. And he took stripes on his back so my body could be whole. That seed's going to produce after its own kind. The more I plant that seed, the bigger the harvest of that truth is going to be in my life. You know, it, it matters what kind of seed you plant. You, it's amazing, really, when you think about it. If you've ever tried to take care of like a flower bed, hey, Miss Regina, good to see you tonight. If you've ever had a flower bed you planted, you got a garden, man, you know you go out there, you till that soil, you turn that soil over, you get it ready to receive plants and seed. You get it fertilized. Do you have to do any kind of work to get weeds to grow in that plant, in that flower bed? Not at all. 
it, let me know in the comment section. Put a hand up in the comment section if you've ever planted a garden, flower garden, a flower bed, you've ever, you know, a vegetable garden in the summertime, mulch, put some shrubbery out around your house, and time goes by. Man, it looks good. But let me know. Tell me in the comment section. All of a sudden, what happens? Weeds start popping up. Well, where did those weeds come from? Seeds in the yard. You're cutting grass. Those seeds are flying out in the air. Your neighbor's cutting grass. Those seeds flying up out in the air. Those dandelions that I know when I was younger, I'd grab those dandelions and what is it? You know, if you can blow every single thistle off that dandelion, you, your wish will come true, right? <laughs> I, re I vividly remember doing that. And I went to go blow it. I said, if I blow it, you know, Someone told me, if you get all those off, all those thistles off, your wish will come true. And I blew as hard as I could, and they all came off. What did I wish for? A giant, it was a brand new, I'd just seen a commercial of it, a brand new giant G.I. Joe tank, action tank. It would hold 10 G.I. Joe soldiers on the thing. I did get it later on. So maybe it does work. <laughs> but what, what's happening when you blow all those thistles off? It's just seeds going out, floating out in the air, and they're going to hit ground, and they're going to become a weed that someone's going to have to pull. It's important what you allow to grow in your life. Don't allow weeds to grow down in your life. There are corruptible seeds, and there, are, there is an incorruptible seed. The Word of God is an incorruptible seed. But there are corruptible seeds. There are worthless seeds. There are perishable seeds. You know, when someone comes along and they, they're talking to you and they're speaking negative to you, and I'm not just saying like, you know, maybe, maybe you did something on the job you needed to be corrected. That's not what I'm saying. They're talking down to you, cussing you out. They're, they're, they're negative. They're pessimistic. You know, the world's always going to end with them. You, you know, they're just always bringing... Uh, lies into the situation. They're gossipers. They're slanderers. Don't allow someone to cast perishable, worthless, corruptible seeds into your heart. Your heart is God's garden. The Bible tells us that. We're going to see that later on tonight. Your heart, your life is God's garden. And He wants to put incorruptible seed the Word of God, into the garden, your heart, so that you will produce the promises of God. And you'll produce a strong life in Him. You'll produce a testimony of faithfulness to Him. But there is, the, Jesus talked about this in the parable of the wheat and the tares. There's this story that Jesus tells, this teaching story about the wheat and the tares. And, and this good man, he has all these crops, all these fields, and his men go out and plant seed out in the fields. Well, they go to bed, they wake up the next day, and they realize something has happened in the story. A, a, an enemy of the good man who owned the land came and sowed tares, weed, weeds, not weed, not marijuana. <laughs> weeds, plural. I said weed, but <laughs> they weren't sowing marijuana plants. <laughs> They were sowing weeds. They, they sowed weeds among the wheat. Tares is the King James word for weeds. <laughs> they had wheat and weeds. 
and the and the servant said to the good man, he said, "Do you want us to go out there and jerk up all these weeds?" He said, "No, let them both grow, because when they both grow, it will be easily visible to see which is the weed, weeds, and which is the wheat, what can make food and what's worthless." Over time, you know what? Over time. Hey Russell, good to see you. Over time, you will be able to see what produces a good harvest. That's what's that's what's powerful and that's what's dangerous about a seed. When a seed can, you know, it's just tiny, you got it in your hand, you're looking at it, doesn't look like much. But if you plant that seed, water it, give it some time, that seed will produce a multiplied dozens. Think about a watermelon. One seed will grow a watermelon plant. A watermelon plant over a season, what, four or five watermelons? If you water that thing and it's a good long season, maybe six watermelons off of one plant, which was one seed, and in five, six watermelons, each watermelon has a couple hundred seeds. That one seed produced 18, 1900 more seeds in these five, six watermelons. That's what's so powerful about a good seed, the Word of God, but that's what's so dangerous about a bad seed. It produces after its own kind too. So you, you don't, don't allow anyone just to come sow seed into your heart. Don't allow just anybody to plant in the garden of your life. Don't allow just anyone to cast seed into your garden, your heart, your life. You, you, you make a point. My, I'm guarding my heart. Proverbs chapter 4 tells us that. Guard your heart, for out of it spring the issues of life. If you keep your heart right, if you keep your heart pure, you keep your heart set on the things of God, then the issues of life, how you think, how you live, how you act, will be right, will be correct, will be just. But if your heart gets contaminated, if your heart gets possessed, if your heart gets turned sideways towards God, if your heart gets darkened, then everything else in your life gets affected. All right, so we want to sow incorruptible seed. Let's turn to Mark or excuse me, let's turn to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. And we're going to read an, a parable uh, that you're probably familiar with. There's three accounts of this parable. Matthew 13, Mark 4, and we're going to look at the Luke 8 verses 5 through 8 and 11 through 15 account. Luke 8 verse 5. Luke 8 verse 5. A sower went out to sow his seed. And when he sowed, cast out seed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down. The birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and it soon sprang up, but it withered away because it lacked water, moisture, no rain. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Choked it. Verse 8. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. 
And when he said these things, Jesus cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, he explains the parable here. Verse 11 of chapter 8 in the book of Luke. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So notice this. There is a sower. Mark chapter 4 verse 13 says, The sower sows the word. This farmer, this person who is, you know, imagine yourself in the summertime or springtime. You're planting a garden. You've tilled up the dirt. You, you, you can go through this. This is so vivid, all the scripture on that. The Holy Spirit in the book of Hosea tells us, the Holy Spirit breaks up the fallow ground. Just like you take a plow and break up the hard ground, that's what the Holy Spirit does to hearts. <laughs> that's why we need to work with and be led by the Holy Spirit when we're witnessing to people. Because He will take His plow and bust through hard parts of the heart of sinful people, get them convicted, or even Christian people that ain't doing right, or, or people that are doing right and they need to progress and grow in God, the Holy Spirit will come through with his plow and bam, bust through the hard parts of their heart and open up the hearts of men so that when you come along sowing the word of God, the word will fall into fresh soil, soil that's been turned over. And the word tells us here, the sower, Mark 4, the account in Mark 4 tells us the sower sows the word. Luke 8, 5, the sower went out to sow the word. Luke 8, 11, the seed is the word of God. The seed that this man is sowing is the word of God. He's casting out the word of God. That's what you do. Every time you share the word of God with someone, you're casting out some seed. As a parent, when you're rehearsing and you're talking about the Bible or you're helping your children memorize Scripture, which I encourage parents, grandparents, do that. Make it fun. Sing songs. To, you know, do it just music. Laura's good with that. She's done that with a lot of her girls at church. You know, uh, take a Scripture verse and put it into music. But you can, nowadays, you can go on YouTube and just punch in you know, Scripture songs and you'll find all kinds of people that do it. I got some good friends in Florida that that's all they do. They've written dozens of songs of scriptures, just scripture to music. Make it fun. But when you're doing that, when you're teaching your children, your grandchildren, the word of God, you're sowing seed. You're sowing seed into to hearts who are open and they've got a lot of fresh soil. They're coming up. And, and we understand that. We know this in the secular world, that children at a young age learn so much so fast. Well, let's not compete with the world. Let's fill them up with good seed from the Word of God. When you're on, when you're on the job and you're around your, you know, your fellow workmates and you're working with people, or maybe you're a boss or a supervisor or you're working under people, you're working your way up. When you're at work and, and someone says something, even I'm, I'm not even saying if you don't, you know, thus saith the Lord. It doesn't even have to be that. It can be. Sometimes it should just be point blank. Hey, the Bible says this. I hear what you're saying, but the Bible says this, this, and this. It should be that. There are many opportunities for that. But as a Christian, filled with the Spirit of God and filled with His Word, just the way you say things and what you say is always based on the Word of God. 
So you've got the wisdom of God, the Word of God in your heart, the Spirit of God moving in you. So when you say, you know what, I just don't think that's right. I think, you know, you probably should treat this person like this. Well, what is that? That is a statement that's a piece of advice that's based on biblical wisdom. You're sowing some seed. You're casting out seed. Hey, thanks, Al. I'm glad you're here to receive. I'm glad I'm able to cast out some seed. <laughs> Anytime you're sharing the Word of God, when you're confessing the Word of God during time of prayer, I encourage you to do that. When you're praying, I, I, I just can't pray without my Bible. I mean, I can, but I, I hate to do it. And so I always got a Bible with me. Hey, Kim, love you. Glad you're on tonight. I've always got a Bible when I'm praying. And I'll just, I mean, I I have scriptures that I, that I pray when I'm reading my Bible. You know, I'm just there, me and my Bible, me and the Lord, and I'm reading. I see something, I say, Lord, I want this in my life. And I'll personalize that scripture. And I'll, and I'll rehearse it out loud. I'll speak it out loud by faith. Lord, I believe, I believe this is going to take place in my life. Because your word, you, you promised it here. And I want this to take place in my life. And I'll read it out loud. What am I doing? I'm sowing seed into my own heart. I'm sowing seed into my own heart. Because that's the harvest that I want to come to pass in my life. And that's what Jesus is saying here in Luke chapter 8 is the seed is the word of God. Now, there are four different types of soil that these seeds, the Word of God falls on. Now I want you to help me out. I want you to comment, put in the comment section these four types of soil, okay? The first one, type in the comment section, wayside, W-A-Y-S-I-D-E, wayside. Verse 5 says, The sower went out to, the, to sow his seed, and he sowed some, and some fell by the wayside. You could even put a little, you know, a number one, wayside. That's the first type of soil the seed falls on, wayside. Now notice, when the seed falls on the wayside or the path, it's, the wayside is, is, if you imagine, it is a pathway. If you have a pathway or a road, the wayside would be like right on the edge of the road, right? Just right, right beside the road. Not necessarily in the road, but on, on the side of the road. Still, what happens? That seed gets trampled down and the birds of the air devour it. Now notice this, Luke 8, 12. Those by the wayside are the ones, they're people who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. People who are wayside soil are sinners, wicked people, unsaved people. They're people, though they may hear the Word of God, they refuse to submit to it. It's trampled down. It's not put into an effective place to grow. They refuse to hear and obey. And by their refusal to hear and obey, it gives place for the devil, for Satan, to come and steal it out of their hearts. Well, you know that ain't true. Well, you, you, know that, you know that guy on that live stream, he don't know what he's talking about. 
that's a joke. You know, what do you mean you sow the word of God? What's it going to do for you? That, I mean, how do you even know to believe the Bible? That was just written by a bunch of men. You know, Satan will just begin to throw in deception. And people who have not, that these aren't saved people that this soil, this wayside soil is not saved people. It's people who hear and refuse to obey. It's people who, by their refusal of the word, Satan comes and snatches it out. The, it says the birds devour it. Again, this parable is a teaching story. So just like birds eat up seed, you know, I've, I've sown grass seed before here at the church, especially like this time of the year, winter rye, when it gets cold, you throw out winter rye, getting ready so it'll hold the dirt in throughout the winter. You throw out a bunch of seed, give it a, just an hour or so, you'll see all kind of birds just kind of pecking through, looking through for that seed. That's what happens to the word here. The, it's not that the word's ineffective. It's not that the word of God doesn't have any power. The word of God is just as powerful at the wayside. It's the soil didn't receive the seed. The soil did not receive this incorruptible seed. Now look at this. Verse 13, number two. Here we go. Number two, rocky. R-O-C-K-Y. You could put rocky ground. Rocky ground. Number two, the second type of soil is rocky ground. Number two, rocky ground. If you put just rocky, we might think, you know, Rocky, Adrian, the, the, the boxer, right? <laughs> the movie boxer, not the real life, which Rocky Marciano was the actual heavyweight champion of the world, undefeated heavyweight champion of the world, Rocky Marciano. Looked like he fell through a dozen ugly sticks, but man, he could slug and he could win a match. And that's what the movies, Rocky, the Rocky series of movies by Sylvester Stallone, is based on. But you know what? You didn't tune in tonight to find out about trivia about Rocky Marciano, did you? So I digress. Romans, Luke 8, verse 13. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, they hear the word, notice what happens. Notice this progression. It's sad. They hear the word, they receive the word with joy, and these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, they fall away. You ever heard of Good Weather Friends? You know, maybe you've heard a teaching story of that when you were a kid, or read a book. I remember I had a book about that, Good Weather Friends or whatever. And what's the, a good weathered friend, what, what's bad about a good weathered friend? A good weathered friend is only around when the weather's good, right? If the weather changes, they're as inconsistent as the weather. These are good weathered Christians. The moment test or a trial, the moment their faith is tested, they're out. They're gone. <laughs> they're, Lord, I, I, I'll follow you all my day. Lord, I love your word. Woo! Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's some good word. Thank you, Lord. What do you mean it's going to cost me something? What do you mean? You mean people are going to mock me for believing in Jesus? You mean there's some people that might actually, you know, hate me or despise me or, or persecute me? Matthew chapter 5 tells us that. When people persecute us or despitefully use us, what do we do? We pray for them. But that doesn't 
that doesn't mean that there won't be persecution. There will be persecution. There is a cost to following Jesus. But I'm here to tell you the cost is so small in comparison to the reward of living for Jesus. And if you agree with that, you can put amen in the comment sections because I know you agree with that. The cost, there is a cost to following God. What's the old time song? The world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back. There is a cost. I do lay down my life for Christ. I do crucify this flesh. I do put my body under submission. I do renew my mind. It costs me to take time to pray. It costs me to take time to study the Word of God. Regardless of what the calling is, God's put you on this earth to do something. It costs you time and energy and effort and skills and a... And a and time to develop your calling on this life. It costs you something to do the things that God has told you to do. But the cost is worth it. Because the reward is so much greater than the cost. But these people, these folks in verse 13, they hear the word of God, they're happy, but the moment a test comes, they're out. They receive the word joyfully, but the moment they believe for a little bit, <clears throat> they have a little bit of belief, but the moment the pressure comes on them, they're gone. Now think about that. If you went outside and you planted a garden, you tilled up dirt, and you went to, you know, put all those seeds, you put all the seed in the ground, what happens to the, that seed in the ground? There's actually a chemical process that takes place. The temperature outside gets warm. The ground has to be so warm for seed to, to grow. And that seed actually has to die, in, in a sense. That seed has to begin to rot, and then it breaks open. And the heat of the soil and the moisture of the water creates this chemical reaction <clears throat> in the seed that busts it open and out comes a sprout. There's some pressure. There is some pressure taking place. The heat of the soil, the moisture of the water, and this chemical reaction taking place in that seed, and it breaks open and a sprout comes up. You've seen the picture, that, or you've seen it in real life. That sprout splits open, and there's a tiny little green sprout coming open. That seed splits open, excuse me. I've seen that with acorns a bunch of times. Those acorns will crack open. There'll be a, just a tiny little vibrant green sprout sticking at the top. That seed went under some pressure before the sprout came out. And though it still is at a very small stage, the Bible tells us despise not the day of small beginnings. Though that sprout is tiny, I mean it's down in the ground, we can't even see the sprout, but it's there. It experienced some pressure, but it's producing. And if you give it a little bit more time, it's going to bear fruit. But the moment pressure happens, these kind of folk, they're gone. They don't allow the testing of their faith to produce fruit. The book of James says, Count it all joy when you fall into many kinds of tests and trials. There are testing and trials that we go through. But the Bible tells us that we have victory already before we even go through the test because God, because thanks be unto God, 
for the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our victory. We have victory in Christ. Whether I've went through the trial yet or not, I know the victory's already sure. So when the testing comes and there's some pressure on my life, I'm not backing down. I'm going through it because that pressure is going to produce some life and some fruit in me. That testing's going to produce some fruit. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here for the fruit. I'm here for what the seed can produce. And I'm not afraid of pressure. But these folks, the moment they get some pressure, they're gone. All right, third type of soil. Now the ones that fell among the thorns, thorny ground, T-H-O-R-N-Y. Number three, thorny ground. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who when they heard go out and they are choked. They're choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life and they bring no fruit to maturity. That's Luke 8, 14. Thorny ground. The third type of soil is thorny ground. Still, it's incorruptible seed. It's still the Word of God. The seed hasn't lost its power. The seed is powerful. It has within it the ability to produce fruit. But this seed falls in where the thorns are. And when the seed comes up, so do the thorns. And the thorns choke out the life that's in this seed. This thorny ground, this ground that has not been prepared to receive the Word of God, Rather, this thorny ground, these people, the third type of soil, are people who allow the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of their eyes to choke out the Word of God in their life. 1 John 2, 15-17 tells us that. That all sin, every sin imaginable, don't go imagining any sin. <laughs> But all sin that is in the earth falls into three categories. The lust of the flesh, that's the cares of this world. The pride of life, that's the riches of this world. And the lust of the eyes, that's the pleasures of this world. All sin falls in one of those three categories. The sin, the cares, the pleasures... The things of this world became more important to them than the Word of God. And what does it say? Verse 14, and brings no fruit to maturity. They had seed that could produce eternal life. They had the incorruptible seed of the Word of God that could produce the promises of God. But they allowed the sin and the pull of this world to choke out. To choke out what the Word of God could do in their life. They chose instead, instead of the Word of God, they chose what the world could give them. They chose what the world could give them. Fourth type of soil. Good ground. That's an easy one. Number four. Good ground. Last one you put in the comment section for the, for the soil. Good ground. Good ground. 
we're coming we're coming to a close here we're, we're bringing it to an end good ground good ground that's what every every one of you that's watching now and watching the replay and listening on the podcast you're good ground that's why you're watching that's why you're listening your good ground. Verse 15, Luke 8, 15. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it, tend to it, cultivate it, fertilize it, water it, water it, and bear fruit with patience. Bear fruit with endurance. That's powerful bear fruit with endurance. The good ground, that's you, that's me, are believers, Christians, people who hear the word. And remember like we spoke just, was it was it two weeks ago? The word of God's like a mirror. Don't hear the word. If you hear the word and you don't do it, you've deceived yourself. That's like someone looking in a mirror, but they don't use the mirror to comb their hair and you know shave their face or whatever. Don't, don't deceive yourself. You've got to hear it and keep it. When you hear the word and you keep it, you hide it in your heart. We talked about that as well. Hide it in our hearts so we don't sin against God. When you hear the word, you keep that word. You keep it close. You water it by the power of your confession, by the power of your prayer life. You're watering those promises of the word of God. Yes, Lord, I believe it, Lord. I believe that all my needs are met according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Your word says it. I believe that as I give, it shall be given unto me. I believe, Father, that as I go to work and I do everything on the job as unto the Lord, Colossians 4, 23. I believe that as I do everything, I'm not doing it for my boss, but I'm pretending you, Jesus, you're my boss, and I'm going to make sure everything I do would be something I would want you to see. And I believe as I do that, I'm going to prosper in my ways, that I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to be able to bless my children and be a blessing to my family. You begin to water that word that's in your heart. Lord, I believe you said Healing is mine. You said healing is the children's bread. Well, Lord, I thank you. You've adopted me into your family. By the Hey, I want to say thank you for joining me on this episode of Faith for My Generation podcast channel. Please do us a favor. Leave a five-star review. It helps us get this message of the gospel and the word of God out in front of more people. It really does help. And until next time, remember, we are the faithful. God bless.